Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Continuing with previous messages. Luke chapter 16. There was a certain rich man who had a steward. So Jesus started teaching the disciples one day with a parable. And it was about a rich man who had a steward. The word steward means manager. That means if you are going to be rich, you need to understand the place of a manager in your enterprise and in your uh, whatever system you are creating. Managers. Managers are people who handle an organization to enable the organization fulfill its objectives and create profit. Good. Very important. This is Bible. This is not business school. It's Bible. All right. He had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. There are a few ways you can evaluate the performance of a manager. One, auditing. Number two is feedback from stakeholders. Feedback from stakeholders. So managers are important, but they have to be evaluated whether their work is producing any profits. The third way to evaluate a manager is whether the company is making profits or losses. That is why football clubs, they fire managers. When you don't win trophies, you, are go- you may be very nice and handsome with a nice name. You are gone. They hire you to win trophies, win the league or win some trophies. Not to show up on stadium every week wearing suits. So they don't fire the players. They fire the manager. Okay, verse 2. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be a steward. The verse 2 teaches us that managers who don't deliver results, managers who don't meet expectations, managers who perform poorly should be fired. The only employee you retain are the ones that help achieve organizational goals. And don't keep the wrong employees in your company because you are being merciful when the person is not merciful to you. You can only be merciful to people because they reciprocate. And there are people who come to your organization, your company, to work with you. They are only thinking about running things down. They will run you yourself down. They mess company up. You must fire them. You know why you must fire them? Because if you don't fire them, Even the good ones, they will poison them. They will disciple them. They will influence them and mess up your organization for you. Owner of the company called manager and said, come and render accounts. The only people who qualify to be put in positions of authority are people who are accountable. Anybody who is too big to be accountable does not deserve certain positions. Not everybody can work with you. People who are their own bosses, run their show, they cannot work with you. He said, come and render account. And one thing that makes you a good person is when you know you are accountable to somebody. Yes, I'm the pastor in charge, but I'm also accountable to the line of authority. I'm accountable first to my district supervisor, a regional overseer, and to my general overseer, Dr. Otabo. Then above all, I'm accountable to Almighty God. That's why I cannot misbehave anyhow. That's why when you are not there, I know I need to do things because God is watching. When you begin to treat delegated authority as if it's absolute authority, you have missed your way. You won't get far in life. Some people, little position you give them, they think they are almighty. This is why some people are not prospering. You are put in charge of a place of work for you to earn and qualify for promotion. This is it. You must be accountable. Verse 3, very important. This is where we start beginning to learn. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? 
For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. In other words, I'm being fired. What should I do? Now his, his senses began to think. You know, some people won't think until the unthinkable happens to them. What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. Then he said, number one, I cannot dig. So he, he made self-evaluation, introspection. I can't dig. Number two, I am ashamed to beg. So you see, this man, his first problem is that his human capital was totally bankrupt. He doesn't have anything to do by himself apart from his salary. That's why I taught human capital first before coming here. Verse four, he said, I have resolved what to do. Now I know what to do. What is he going to do? He said, that when I am put out of the sea worship, when I'm fired, they may receive me into their houses. What does he mean by they may receive me into their houses? For the first time in the life of this manager, he started thinking of people and not himself. And people sometimes are at a place where they think they are God. They'll tell you, I don't need anybody. They don't even say it, but they behave like they don't need anybody. They have it all covered. They have all the money. They have all the, everything going well. They treat people anyhow because they believe they have a lot. But this man came to the place for the first time in his life, he realized that I don't have anybody in my life. When I'm sacked today, I can even call for help. And I know people who are busy making money, making money, making money, but they have nobody in their life. There are people, even their spouse is not in their life. There are married people who are so selfish, even their spouse is just at home, but not in their life. It's one thing to have a spouse at home. It's another thing for him to be involved with your life. There are many of you who have family relatives, plenty, but none of them is there. None of them is there because you are so selfish. There are some of you, you work at your workplace. Plenty colleagues at work, but not one can call you and say, problem is coming, be careful. No, not one will do that because you are rude to everybody at work. If you should do me, I'll give it to you. I'll show you who I am. Okay, listen, how many of you realize right now that you can't see everywhere? Hallelujah. You know, you know where I am? I can see Evans at the back looking straight at me. How many of you can see him? You can't see him. When you think... You can see everything in life. You are just deceiving yourself. Sometimes you need a colleague at work to tap you and say, Sister, be careful. watch that thing. Or Sister, I heard the boss saying this and that. So I wanted to hint you, be careful. And that will save you a lot of time. Or, okay, Sister, I heard some door opening there. So I, I think you are good for it. So apply. The only people who talk to you are the people you respect and you relate well to. Verse 5. So he called every one of his master's debtors. Now he remembered, oh, all along, there are a lot of people are coming, coming and going. The company that this guy is a manager of, the company has a lot of customers. But not one of those customers was a friend or an acquaintance. He said, now, let me start making friends because my days are numbered. He called the first one. What did he say to him? How much do you owe my master? Verse 6. And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Now he started reducing price. Why was he reducing the price? Number one, probably because he inflated them to defraud his boss. So probably the actual price was 50, but he was selling it to people at 100. Number two, he was not reducing the price because he wanted to now look good to the customers so that some friendship can develop. Verse seven. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. Treating people well now. Verse 8. So the master com commended the unjust steward. The same master who said, I'm going to fire you. 
This man's attitude changed, and the master changed his comments. He commended him for probably two reasons. The first is that his attitude towards people had changed. You see, because a manager who is rude to customers is going to cause the company to lose money because the money hides in people. When you have a manager that is rude to people, it's going to cause the organization to lose money. So a change in attitude was good for the owner of the company. The second reason is that because he was not quoting the right figures, it's likely that the accounts is also going to begin to look different because all the, the fraud by the side and the under-invoicing and over-invoicing and everything is going to change. He was not going to, he's not beginning to render good accounts, proper accountability. So the master recommended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. So in this parable, being shrewd simply means you don't know who you are dealing with. So be careful how you treat people. Treat everybody well. Be nice to people. There are people you meet who will be rude to you. There are very bad people on this earth. There are very wicked people. I'm a pastor, I can tell you. You can meet all manner of human beings, but you have to resolve. No matter what people do to you, not everybody is wicked on this earth. That's my philosophy of life. Are you better than Jesus? Jesus had only 12 members, but one was Judas Iscariot. One was Peter who denied him three times, I swear. That guy, I've not seen him before in my life. Never even spoken with him. I'm not greater than Jesus. Be good to people. It will come back to you. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. Jesus made an important statement. He said, the worldly people, unbelievers, they are more shrewd. When it comes to social capital, unbelievers do better than Christians. Because Christians says, God will do it. I don't care what you, you, you think or what you do, God will do it. But unbelievers, they know that, they, in fact, they don't even have God on their side. So they understand networking. That is why worldly people have a lot of fraternities. How many of you have heard of fraternities? They say widow's club, something, 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 sisters, something, something, brotherhood. It is network. Do you think people join these cults because they love Satan? No. Do you know why they join? Security and power and access and wealth. But the Bible doesn't encourage us to join occultic societies. If you are in one, get out. Otherwise, your life is short and your destiny is going to be messed up. The reason why they call it cult is because it is a secret society. A secret society means beyond what you see on the surface, there are other things which you don't know, which if you know, you won't join. So they won't tell you that one. When you join, you know. And by the time you know, you cannot come out. If you try, you are dead. So don't try. Everybody heard what I'm saying? Yeah. But you see, the church has become more hostile than the occult world. So it is easy for, for these occultic groups to poach Christians. Because it is only in church that when you employ even members, they come to your company and they will mess everything up. We hate each other. We fight each other. We hate our church. Every time we are looking at how to sabotage the church because something wasn't done the way you want it. You know, Christians are not shrewd. They don't understand relationship. If you are doing well, the first people to hate your progress are your Christian brothers and Christian sisters. It's amazing that the first people to get angry with your next progress are not witches. They are church members. That's why we are not prospering. The way we treat people in church because they have nothing today and you don't know what they are going to become. Verse 9. He said, and I say to you, 
make friends for yourselves. So when you are there, you are very proud that you don't have any friend, you know. You know, some people say, me, I don't have any friend. Read that. Jesus said, do what? He said, do what? Make friends for who? For yourself. Oh. By what? A righteous mammon. And you understand what mammon is? It's what? Money. So it means friendship is what? Money. The same way you treat money well. Don't want anybody to touch your money. Value relationship like that because it is money. It is money. He brings you money. He brought money to Joseph. He brought money to Laban. He brings money to people up to today. Make friends for yourself. By righteous mammon. That when you fail. You know, anytime the Bible says when, it means prepare for it. It's coming. When you fail, it means you will. When the Bible said, if you fail, it means you may or you may not. But when he said, when you fail, it means Jesus is saying, crisis will hit everybody. Something will happen that will bring you down. It happens to everybody. It happens to all of us. Your security against the day you fall is relationship. In my hometown, they said money doesn't go to market. No matter how big the money is, somebody must carry it before the money will go to the market. So if all you have is money, but not people, you never get anything from the market. Make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, your friends will do what? They may receive you into an everlasting home. You see, a friend is somebody who can open his doors to you in a time of crisis. He said, come and stay here and live as long as you can. Feed on my account. Eat on my account. Everything you need, I'll do it for you because you are my friend. So this is what Jesus taught. Verse 10, very important statement. He said, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So social capital begins with the little, little things we do in our relationships. The way you live your life. The way you treat people. The things you do today you think is, is gone. is covered by the blood one day. You know, somebody you maltreated today will meet you on a panel. Ten years from now, you are going. This is your last hope. You open the door when you enter. Ha! Huh? Oh, God. What is this again? Do you know what it is? Ten years ago, that colleague at work, you betrayed him. He trusted you. You treated him treacherously. You defrauded him. You ran down somebody's company. You think nobody will see it or nothing will happen. And sometimes you justify it that it is good. Ten years time. You meet the person, and he's sitting on the board, and then he asks the first question. And you know that, just carry your belongings, and, and walk out, because you know this thing is not going to work. Faithful in little things. How do I build my social capital? Invest into your children's future. Social capital begins first with your generational relationships. Everybody say generational relationships. What I mean is that if your daughter is... Oprah Winfrey, and she's your firstborn. Then your secondborn is Lana Messi. You see that you don't need to work for the rest of your life. So one child can put an end to poverty in your life forever. So social capital begins first from where? Your children. Every investment you make into your children today is strategic. Three important things that amount to great future for your children. The first one is a good relationship with God. Second one is good character. Third one is good education. Three things. The first one is what? A good relationship. Every parent here, be involved and be concerned about your children's relationship with God. And don't deceive yourself that because your children follow you to church, they are following God. No, no. 
you have to take personal responsibility to help your children to know how to pray, how to study the Bible, teach them things that are wrong, teach them about God. And the best way to do that is with your life. Your children learn more from what you do than what you teach. Give your children all the best education they want. If they don't have God, it's not safe. The second thing that is important for your children's future is a good character. Good character. And good character, children get it by training, discipline. Train up a child in the way he should go. Don't train an adult. Don't say, well, when you grow, you learn. No. That's how many parents have messed their children up. Discipline your children to learn how to respect authority, to behave themselves well. Because children are not mature. They don't know what is right or wrong. If you give them room to be how they like, they will misbehave towards you. I can't stand seeing a child frown at his father. And the father is just looking on when your hands are there. God has given you two good hands. You are talking to your child right in front of his frown. You are killing that child. Beat him up. Beat that demon of stupidity out of, out of his life. You know, some stupidity only gets out through beating. Don't pamper your children. It is not love. Every good thing they get, let them earn it. Then you are teaching them, preparing them for the future. Some of your children cannot handle any difficulty in, in life because you have spoiled them with all manner of treatment in the name of love. They are growing to a real world, real world. There are difficulties out there, wicked people out there. Train them to be tough, to be strong. That is what discipline can do. And when they grow, they said, I didn't know that it was wrong, but nobody told me. Or maybe they said it, but they were just saying, oh, kwejo, jaisa, men, yes, no. Beat him up. And the last one, good education. Your future student is not in clothing. Clothing, every day, buying dresses. You don't care about their relationship with God. You don't care about their, their behavior. They were in nice clothes, but bad. They misbehave everywhere. Psalm 112, verse 2, he said, Every blessed man, your descendants will be great on the earth. And I pray for everyone here today that God will bless you with children that will make you proud. It means you may serve God so well, and yet what you want to achieve, even if you couldn't achieve them, your children will do for you in your lifetime before you die. Some of you, you are complaining, Lord, I've given so much. Where's my house? But your child, before you die, is going to come pick you one day. He said, Mommy, I want, you to, I want to show you something. And he'll take you to the house he has built for you. In your lifetime, it is wealth. Generational relationship is wealth. The descendants will be mighty. On the, the generation of the upright will be blessed. Your children will be, will be great. There will not be liabilities. There will be assets. You may not have a lot of lands like some of your friends have. You may not have a lot of real estate like some of your friends have. You may not have even have a big business, multi-million dollar business. But one of your children will be a multi-billionaire. So it starts with where your children. Do you know Steve Jobs was thrown out of the house by the parents into an orphanage? Steve Jobs, the mother became pregnant second year in the university. And the guy who pregnated said, well, you know, we are students. We are not ready for this. The lady herself said, uh, I can't shipwreck my educational ambitions because of this pregnancy. But thank God they did not abort the child. They gave birth. They said, we give birth. When we give birth, we send it to an orphanage. So as soon as the child was born, they took the child to an orphanage. If they had aborted that child, we would not have any Apple products in our world today. 
Now, can you compare that degree the mother wanted to have with Apple? That's why money hides in people. So, invest into your children. Force God down their throats until they swallow it. Sometimes I tell my children, I said, if you don't want God, then get out of this house. You got everything I have. House, car, everything. Plus the money I'm using to pay your fees is, came from God. Don't want to serve my God. Get out. Apart from God, there's nothing else here. Don't let your children be bragging about your success and abandon God and good character. Yes. Let them know how to achieve their own success by following these three things. God, good character, and good education. Amen. A second way to develop a social capital is relate well with people who come close to you. The people come close to you. I've said enough. You never know who you are dealing with. Relate well with people. From the house you live, to your immediate family, to your place of work, to your church, on and on, to your customers, everything. Relate well with people. Relate well with people. Don't be unfriendly. Don't be treacherous. Don't be treacherous. Hallelujah. Number three, invest in people around you to the best of your ability. Amen. If it's in your power, invest into people. Invest means make a difference in people's lives. Give people the gift of destiny. Put something in somebody's life that will last him a lifetime. Let people look back and say, thank God for that sister. If not for him, I will not be where I am today. That is investment. Yes. They will be indebted to you for life. Hallelujah. Yes, they will be indebted to you. Until somebody is indebted to you, it's not part of your circle. It's wanted to call somebody your friend because he has become successful. It's another thing for the person to say, this is my friend. Because when you become successful, everybody in the, you know, yesterday I was telling my uncle, Samantis called me their son. Now I'm, now I'm wondering, what is going on around here? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because when you become successful, everybody wants to identify with you. Oh, he's my son. Oh, he's my good friend. Oh, very, very, very close friend. My uncle is here. He has a right to call me his son. And he is my father. Do you know what it means to be tormented by a human being? <laughs> when I was in secondary school, he used to take care of me. And he did that not expecting me to do anything in return one day. He did it out of love. As if, as if God knew that one day I'm going to be his pastor. <laughs> and not only his pastor, but I'm going to be one of the people building a house in his lifetime before he dies. There are people who I know today, if they knew what I was going to become today. There are people I knew 20 years ago, if they knew I was going to become what I am now. They would have treated me better, but they did not. They had every privilege to treat me well, but they did not. And today, I owe them nothing. I owe them nothing. But there are people I owe, and I know them. I may not mention them, but in my heart of hearts, I cannot pretend. So instead of sitting down thinking, what will people do for you? Start thinking, what can I do for others? Because if you are busy thinking of what to do for others, you will never have time thinking of what people will do for you. People will be busy running around the place, thinking of what next can I do for that woman? What next can I do for that man? What next can I do? What can I do? This man has been good to me. How can I return the favor? Invest into people. Make a difference in other people's life. Put a smile on somebody's face. Be the one to stop somebody's tears. People will always remember. A few ungrateful ones will forget. But many of them, they will remember. 
And sometimes they remember when you have forgotten. Amen. They remember when you have forgotten. Do not use people. Because when, when you use people, they, they leave you. You see, every human being has the instinct for self-value. Every human being is born with this instinct for respect. Everybody wants to be treated well. Everybody. So every human being gravitates towards people who treat others well. And they move away from people who treat people bad. So when you use people, if they need you for now, they will keep quiet and stay. You know, sometimes you don't have a choice. They insult you, but they feed you. So you be quiet and you eat your food. But when people are quiet eating, don't mistake them for a fool. And many of you here, today you are having your way with people. But the people you are having your way with, they are not fools. They are smart, but they don't have a choice. That's why they are quiet. When options come, they leave you. You know, my mother told a story one day. Let me tell you this. My mother said, if you are going to the farm with your dog, and the dog returns, you will know immediately. Because once you turn, the dog is no more there. But when you are going somewhere with another person, and the person returns, you will not know. Why? Because he may still be there, but his heart has left you. His heart has left you. I tell people sometimes, I make decisions and wait two years to carry it out. I'll just be looking. Because if I carry it now, it will not do, go well in my favor. So continue all you're doing, but two years, I wait for the right time. So don't take people for a fool. Don't take people for a fool. Every human being is smart. That's my philosophy of life. Every human being is smart. So if you are treacherous and you always know how to craftily outwit people and subvert and people, it will not last forever because people get to know this guy is not genuine. He's a hypocrite. That's why hypocrisy does not last. The next one, do not betray people's trust. I've said it already. The next one, open doors to people without demanding a reward. I've said it. The last one, serve people with your gifts, special abilities. This is the godly way God has provided for us. The unbelievers do it by joining fraternities and joining occultic movements and freemasons and all that. Even business organizations are building partnerships today. We do it godly. This is how we do it. Developing strategic relationships. Starting with the people God allowed to come into your life. And as we grow along, yeah, so social capital, numbers are important. And quality is equally what? Important. It is what you do for people that come back to you as money. If you treat your customers well, they bring more customers to patronize your product. You insult them, they leave and they tell others to go with them. What you do for others, what you do for the most important relationships in your life, is what will come back to you in years to come. And some of you, God is giving you opportunity 10 years from now to be multi-millionaire, but you can't even see it because you're looking at the people and saying, these are all useless people around me. That's what Steve Jobs' mother said. Yeah. An unwanted pregnancy. Unwanted. That's why I always respect people who get pregnant in the church, but they don't abort. I rebuke you for being pregnant, then I love you for your courage to keep the pregnancy. Do you know how many people came to the altar for a nice wedding, but they've done many abortions that we didn't see. When you are judgmental at, judgmental at one member because he's pregnant, do you know how many people aborted this week that we can't see? We can't see it. But because they want to keep their dignity, a millionaire inside, they remove it. Then tomorrow they say, oh, there are witches in my family. They are very, very, very terrible. And it's not a witch. God gave you a multi-millionaire relationship. But you use your own bad character to run them down. I pray over your life in the name of Jesus. 
that the Lord will help you from today, that the strategic relationship that God will connect you to, you will not abuse them. In the name of Jesus, you will not abuse them. But you will do all you can to build and expand your social capital so that in days to come, out of your relationships alone, millions and millions and millions will come out of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.